Hail and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Exciting announcement. Guess what, guys? We have merch. We all came up with some awesome ideas. M designed them, and Alan set up our store. We have the classic Kinky Tavern logo, as well as some clever and funny sayings from our podcasts or just from our little weird brains. Our designs are available in shirts up to 5X. Now to get a 5X, you have to go to men's and classic, but there are 5Xs, which I'm excited about. We also have hoodies, tapestries, stickers, blankets, mugs, zip pouches, face masks, and more. So check it out. All proceeds go to our education fund, which helps all of us go to cons, go to classes, travel to cons, etc. So anything that you get will be helping us educate ourselves further to bring you more education on the podcast. If you would like to support us or follow us, we are on Patreon at The Kinky Tavern, FetLife, Twitter, and Instagram, all at The Kinky Tavern. I'm also personally on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. Please do not friend me on that account. You can definitely follow me, and you can friend The Kinky Tavern, but please don't friend me on that one. That's for people I know. I'm also on TikTok at MixDizzySoul. M-X-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and on Twitter at Daddy's Dizzy Soul, D-A-D-D-Y-S-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and all of those will be linked down below. Yes, and you can also find me on TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. I'm never on it, but you can send me stuff at uh, pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. That is also my fat life. You can follow me there or message me or whatever. I also run the Kinky Tavern Twitter. So, And I am on FetLife at Alan's World 111. Please do not friend me. Only follow me there. Those are for people that I know. On Instagram, Lord Alan Vidra. That would be L-O-R-D-A-L-L-E-N-V-Y-D-R-A. Twitter at Lord Alan 111. And TikTok, Alan's World 111. Please follow me on TikTok so that I can get to a live. Excellent. So please give us a follow, give us a like, and keep up to date on what we're doing with the Kinky Tavern podcast. We are constantly working to better our podcast in the content we provide, the quality of that content, and also by adding more educational and social opportunities for the community that follows us. The Kinky Tavern has added two new monthly events to the calendar starting this month in February. In our Discord server, we are hosting a monthly free-for-all Q&A social session. That's going to be kind of a chill discussion, video chat kind of thing. And that is hosted on the last Sunday of the month at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. That is free to attend, but donations are appreciated, of course, but not required. As well, we will have a monthly class with rotating and guest educators. We definitely encourage you to join our server, engage with us, and help us curate this podcast for the needs of the community. You! The content that we discuss will likely be explicit. Listener discretion is advised.
Hi, I'm Mix Dizzy. And I'm Pup Wrecker. And I'm Alan. <laughs> and today we are sitting down with Sir Luke and his Victor, a master slave couple out of the Southeast United States, who teach about transformative power authority and control imbalance relationship dynamics. What can you tell us about yourselves? Welcome to the podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Sir Luke. And I'm Victor. And we've been together for about 10 years now. We started off with my slave petitioning me. And then from there, we just kind of started delving right into what we know as our master-slave dynamic. We had a very, very heavy focus on service in the very beginning and very heavy play. And then from there went into deeper surrender and alignment of will. Mm -hmm. So you walk into the Kinky Tavern and you see a menu with all of the kinks that you could ever imagine listed. It is a buffet. I just want to make sure that you know. You can have whatever you'd like, all you can eat. Um, what do you order? <laughs> I'll definitely go first on that. All right. So bootlicking, fisting, yes. predator prey, pursuit and takedown and rape, mm-hmm. choking, hair pulling, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just generally brutalizing the fuck out of this bitch. Nice. <laughs> nice. And, and I would follow split. closely behind, sir, and simply say, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> Do you flag Quite orange, good. Victor? I absolutely flag orange. And actually, at an event recently, I was wearing a bright orange undershirt, and no one asked me about what it's like to flag orange. I was very disappointed. Oh, Aww. sad. It was very sad. Very, so very sad. now that we're here, Victor, what is it like to flag orange? You and Wrecker can um, uh, collaborate. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been kind of quiet. Uh, Sorry. I've just been absorbing information. Okay. <laughs> I find flagging orange to be extremely liberating, quite frankly, mm-hmm. um, because I then don't have to burden myself with anything. I just need to be a receptacle, and I think that's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Hello, princess that. behavior. Very, very agreed. Yep. <laughs> I agree with that statement. <laughs> you would be a pillow princess but if I let you. Oh? Huh? You would yes, be I a would. pillow princess but if I let you. Yeah, you too. Nah, you'd be too busy worshiping me. If you that's let me, fair. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, okay. I want it all <laughs> for those who don't uh engage that much in leather or queer culture um to educate you a little bit uh orange means that you are down for anything and everything at any time mm-hmm. so if you see somebody wearing orange you might want to go ask them about it <laughs> and that does not necessarily mean with anybody yeah. negotiations yes. and consent are still required mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is fun to talk about. It's a good talking point, discussion, uh, jumping off point for a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should I get like a big safety cone patch or something? That's just bright orange. <laughs> you can just start wearing a giant safety cone as a hat. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'll just you can get start a- wearing kaisers everywhere I go. Yes. Just, just get a safety cone for a hat. That's my cap. <laughs> is that your oh master's cap? Oh, my fucking cap? God. <laughs> Oh no! That would be your type of master's hat, though. Honestly, leather. I was fucking. I would have a heart attack and die. <laughs> would the old garden you just like time, report him to the elders? Yes, yes, I would. I would. I would actually join my elders in heaven, yeah, or hell, whatever the fuck. Yes. <laughs> I would spontaneously combust. What if it was made of leather? Oh God! Even worse. <laughs> Oh my the God. legend of the leather orange safety hat. <laughs> I'm making you a leather orange safety hat as soon as I possibly can. Yes, please. I'm so into this. I will gladly wear it. 
Oh my gosh, I can dye you a pair of boots. Oh, that'd, that'd be great. <laughs> well, we're getting to the point where... Um, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm in a mentorship right now, a boot black mentorship specifically. Um, and we are currently going over uh, stand protocol. But our next thing is um, dyeing leather and like the different mm. types of dye and stuff like that. And I was just thinking... If Daisy will let me, I should make a bright orange pair of boots for you specifically. And I do have a pair of boots of yours that I have to repair anyway. That would be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. It would be badass. This is the thought. If you want to enhance the color orange, if you put white behind it, it will always be brighter. Okay. Boot black question real quick for both of you. Um, So oh. if I'm working with uh black boots and I want to dye them, is it able to do that? A light no. color, it'd be extremely difficult and not work. No, you're gonna use you're gonna use oil paint. Oh, oh yeah. so yeah. there's still a possibility. Okay. So what you kind could of use oil color, but it wouldn't be dying. You'd essentially be putting an opaque layer of color over the existing color. Mm -hmm. Um and then sealing it. And you'd have to seal it over the top. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, so what kind of oil uh, paint should I use for that? I'm jealous. There are leather paints okay, specifically. Um that may, are made use, to chemically adhere. There's Angelus um, and there's also Kova Colors, right? I use Kova Colors. Kova Colors. Which are well. a brand that Tandy puts out. Um, and at the end of the day, it's one of those things I recommend experimenting with to find what works well for you, just like everything else. Experiment with a piece that isn't the boots. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. I would also advocate working up layers a little bit at a time. It's really tempting to want that really strong, opaque color right away. Um, but thin layers adding and letting them dry effectively between is really the key to doing that if you have a big color change. Okay. Fabulous. I'm actually writing an outline and it's talking about consent theories. And in that, I'm going to show the example of, you know, even before, if you are immunocompromised and you go out to an event, you have to be aware of your risk and you have to accept that risk. And mm -hmm. so I don't know why people think that only like, the edgiest of the edgiest play and the edgiest of the edgiest dynamics have to have that risk awareness and risk. I want, you know what? I want to touch on that. And yeah. it kind of relates to what you mentioned with Devin and his talk with you as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the, the self-work we do, part of what's a big issue that I've seen and, and part of what I struggle with on a, on a personal level is that people who denigrate the folks who do decide to engage in what would be considered more riskier forms of relationship structures and play mm. have not done the work in themselves to even assess what their own risk profiles are. Right. Many of us who go down this fucking road are constantly examining what we do, why we do it, what's the impact of what we are doing, what is our intent with what we are doing? Are those two things in alignment? Are they not? Do we even know what the ramifications of the decisions we're making are? But people who never go down that road never have to do that work. It's similar to, frankly, my identity as a trans person. A person who is cis has never had to do the work to examine what their gender is and why it is. And then they have to question me all the fucking time of how I figured it out. Well, how did you figure out that you're what you are? Oh, I guess you never had to fucking question it because yeah. you just had everything handed to you, right? Uh, yeah. It's the same thing. People who are oppressed will always have to answer unreasonable questions. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair because folks who are privileged never have to do that labor. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I would even put, like, 
edge play dynamics kind of into, um, I wouldn't say like oppression, but like into a minority group in which, you know, you get judged on a daily basis. You get judged mm-hmm. for every single thing that you do. And you get asked unnecessary questions about every single thing that you do. You post mm-hmm. a picture and it's like a thing. Yes. It I want to give you of proof. I want to give you an example. Our local dungeon used to have a rule that there would be no risky play until after 2 a.m. It's a very common rule with a lot of local dungeons that they don't want the newcomers to see the dirty, raunchy, disgusting, degrading, (laughs) debased things we do. Right. And they want us to wait to the end of the night. And when you put it in that perspective, I wouldn't necessarily say it's oppression to the same extent or it's oppression to the same level. But I will say it's definitely discrimination. It's yeah. othering. It's othering. Yes, it is. And it's it's creating a burden of proof on those who want to engage in it. Mm-hmm. And it's also forcing them to put forward a lot of labor to be seen as acceptable. So it abrades right. and it rubs right up against a similar flavor of oppression. But like at the end of the day, it's not the same. Like I don't have to fuck going on the bus going to school every day in the same way that someone who has brown or black skin they you know that's always a thing for them exactly how i have exactly. sex is a, it's a portion of my life that doesn't require public approval though having yeah. peer support is nice so there's definitely a gap there um but unfortunately some of the expectations of those who don't experience that are the same in that they almost feel entitled to an explanation or justification or make me understand and i will also say from you know if we break that down even further it then causes rifts within our own community where Mm -hmm. oh i'll do this but i won't do that like for example folks who engage who engage in scat play i'll give that as an example it's not something that me and me and him do right Mm -hmm. but i can understand why someone would but there are many people who engage in edge form of play and edge form of dynamics who are like oh that's too far or that's not okay or or they they denigrate other people's edge forms to make themselves and their own form of edge more socially acceptable i don't even think it's socially acceptable i think it has to do with we talked earlier about i'm the good one i'm one of the good (laughs) and people who aren't actually doing the introspection create the architecture or moral code that they're willing to stay within. And frankly, this is something that we see in um, folks who who suffer from drug addictions, who suffer from Mm -hmm. alcohol addictions, um, where they're like, well, I'm not an alcoholic if, or I'm not abusing substances so long as I, and they create a set of rules. And they do the same thing with kink and with sexual proclivities when they have the same kind of disposition about it, of that what I'm doing is bad, but I'm going to make it okay by applying a moral stencil that I have to stay within. Um, and all that does is other people where it could simply be, I'm doing this because I like it, or I'm not doing that because I don't like it. And it doesn't have to be more or less than that, or have some kind of moral stamp. Obviously there are morals where they're important. Like consent is our leading frontline cutting edge moral that we abide by in our community because of the implications that without consent, that is not the same thing at all anymore. But what does consent look like? And that's a whole bigger question. Yeah. Yes. I think that too often the kink community says, these things are not okay, or these things are seen as less, you know, appropriate or less proper or less Mm -hmm. palatable. And therefore we shove it under the rug or put it after 2 a.m. And so instead of showing newbies, this thing has nuance and this thing can be 
done well, this thing can be done enjoyably and can be done consensually, you know, with this nuance that instead of doing that, mm-hmm. they just say, no, that's not that we don't do that because it's too much, it's too much work. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. very frustrating. I completely understand. Well, and I think that a lot of the kink community thinks like, as we were talking about earlier, oh, I do this type of play or I do this sort of protocol. And so that makes me a good person. And I think to break down the walls of like a true uh, power imbalance kind of relationship or a true power exchange relationship, you have to let go of the idea of being a good or bad person because of the things that you do within kink. Absolutely. That... I don't even use those fucking words anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, really. Because like me playing pain Yahtzee with somebody over there, somebody else might walk in and think, oh, wow, that's a terrible person who's beating that other person, even though they're <laughs> mm-hmm. clearly enjoying it. Um, mm-hmm. and Or something like a riskier type of play. You know, somebody else might come in and be like, oh, why are you talking to your partner that way? And the partner's mm-hmm. just over here like, I asked them to talk to me that way. <laughs> right. Um, it, it's just, it's breaking down the walls of what kind of person you think you are and then doing the opposite, I guess. <laughs> and I feel like that the kink community used to be that place and probably before I even experienced it, but I experienced maybe the tail end of that you know how hint hint water is like someone tasted a blackberry one time 30 years ago and then made this water i i kind of got that hint of this you know doing the work putting that effort into mm-hmm. and not that everyone you know previously in kink community did this but i feel like that now it's kind of more quote unquote mainstream it's trying to be more accessible to people mm-hmm. that don't want to do the work. And while part of that is great to be accessible to newbies, that's wonderful. I love that. There's also the fact that the people that don't want to do the work, don't want to put the effort in to have that self-introspection and have their risk profile figured out and have consent figured out and all of that, those kinds of people can get in. And so it really, nuance is so important. And unfortunately, there are going to be some that just don't give a fuck about nuance and it sucks. And I, I don't know what to do about it. I'm just making an observation. Sorry. <laughs> no, you know, what's so funny is I I see this actually most from like the 40 to 50 something crowd. Oh, not old guard. <laughs> Where they constantly simultaneously denigrate young folks, but then also denigrate people who do things that are more edge and then also mm-hmm. denigrate other people. And it's like they're just willing to be in the same static state of being over and over. And we see this a lot in different MS groups that we engage Mm -hmm. in. Not to naysay or shit talk them, because they provide a great service to many people, but it's not our crowd. Because what we've experienced and what we've seen is that there is a lot of, we are allowing the new folks to come in and we're going to teach them Consent 101 and leave it at that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, people want more. We have to stop acting like people only want surface things. If people only want surface things and that's all they want, that's great. But don't not give the people who want more something more at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, I completely agree. It feels like it's almost like a rotating newbie class schedule. And I say and I say this as someone we um I'm just for reference, I'm 29. My slave just turned 37. Mm-hmm. Um, was, but we've been together for 10 years. So we started when I was 19. 
-hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so we were young when we started this and when yeah. we went down this road. And so there's a very, we have a very particular perspective of how people treat young folks who get into this. Yeah, it boils down to that autonomy thing again. Yes. Oh, I'm trying to protect young people from my mistakes. I'm like, did they ask you to? Right. Yes. Did, I, did, I had a conversation with someone recently and I was like, well, where did you learn how to kink? And they're like, well, on the internet. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. How'd that work for you? Did you have a mentor who protected you from your mistakes or whatever? Cause like, I'm pretty sure I always love, this is my latest um, kind of barb that I've been throwing around is that people love to shit talk 50 shades of gray, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I can tell you another book series that people have idolized and created a whole architecture around, and that's the gore books. Mm -hmm. And frankly ah! speaking, the ideology and behavior in gore is way the fuck more toxic than a rich dude finding a young, naive woman and then living their happily ever after married dreams. I assure right. you, gore is worse. But that that's literally a fundamental part of some communities. There are postures and body languages that slaves are supposed to know. Mm -hmm. And like they have just completely adapted that. And that's a fucking fantasy. It is a fab fantasy and it has its place. Look, we're all in it for the fantasy in one shape or form. Right. Um, but to say one fantasy is good and one fantasy is bad is just kind of, it's hilarious to me mm -hmm. because it's a, it's, it's a fantasy if it suits you. The, frankly, the demographic for Fifty Shades of Grey are middle-aged white women who want a rich, wealthy guy who's a little bit rebellious and a little bit sexy to come in and then change his whole life to make her happy. That's the core of that apple. And I'm mm -hmm. not going to shit talk somebody's core of their apple. Is it for right. me? Probably not. But, you know. Uh, he says that, but he he would love if I was rich. And I'm not going to say that's bad. I mean, you know, I like being spoiled. Yep. That is true. You do. Um. Just in the same way that Gore, frankly speaking, is a white hetero guy's fantasy over there in power yep. and they have all these gorgeous naked women who want to fuck them all the time. I, I again, I'm not going to naysay it. It's just is what it is. Don't yuck people's mm -hmm. gums. You know, it's, it's generational and it's frankly speaking, what arouses younger folks now is not the same what arouses folks a generation. Because when you get into these fetishes, most of them revolve around some form of trauma or unmet need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when people are like, oh, my fetish is being given compliments and being cuddled, I'm like, hey, rock on with your bad self. It, none of us can prescribe it for any of the others. So we got to stop pretending that it's a one size fits all. Absolutely. Ink is customizable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and therein lies the problem for a lot of communities is that they do try to make it like more accessible, more general, very broad, very surface level. Mm -hmm. You don't get that depth anymore or you don't get that depth i won't even say anymore because i'm not one of those that think oh back in the old days no fuck that but i do think that there was a was a hint of that flavor of knowing oneself and knowing kink a little better than maybe some do today well i can speak to some of our projects that we have going on in regards to some of this because it, it's some things mm -hmm. that we've been talking about for a while first of all we are opening our venue called the index very soon where we are hoping to revolutionize and change the groundwork of what it looks like to own a venue where kink can happen in a number of ways. We are also at some point going to be publishing our book about our history and about how we made this thing work and how we continue to make this thing work and what that looks like. And we are also planning at some point in the future to start creating a group for specifically people who live in the same realm that we do 
of folks who engage in edge dynamic and the intersection with edge play, because there are many people who will do one and not the other. And we are specifically interested in creating a group of folks who do both simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So those are some of our projects that we are currently working on to give some answers and some solutions to some of these concerns and these problems. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if someone doesn't fix it, it's never going to be. Yeah. Right. Agreed. And I feel like I feel like we're ushering in a new generation of kink where we are coming into this mindset that kink is customizable, that you can do what you want, that, you know, your disability doesn't have to limit your kinking, things like that. And I'm in this new era of kink. Mm -hmm. I love that we have stepped away from like the quote old guard mindset of, you know, like everything has to have rules. Everything has to be the same for every single person. If you don't do that, then it's abuse, stuff like that. And I don't know. I think that you guys are an excellent representation of that, to be honest. You know, what's really amusing is that, um, so the generations, let's talk really briefly about it. There's the, um, there's the folks who are prior to what we would consider the old guard, the folks that were really in the prime of it in the eighties and earlier. And then there's the folks who started finding it towards the tail end of the AIDS epidemic and the onset of the internet being readily available. So no, mm-hmm. technically, timeline-wise, he's thinking of the people from the 50s to 70s, and then there was the group from the 70s okay. to 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I stand yeah. corrected. And what's really amusing is that the older, older generations lived a lot like we are now, where it was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to follow anybody's fucking rules. I'm going to do what gets me off and what makes me feel good. And it is dangerous, and it's raunchy, and it's no-holds-barred revolution, radicalism. And somewhere in there, with the AIDS crisis... The chain was broken and the folks who found it or who survived it had a very specific approach, which was very safety oriented, which was very regimented oriented. And they did it as a survival mechanism because they had to. People were having Mm -hmm. less sex to stay safe. People were making less risks to stay to stay alive. Mm -hmm. And because that chain broke, because we lost so many of our ancestors, the culture of radicalism and risk didn't carry forward in the way that it had to. So we're essentially starting over. And how do we take risks and do that in a way that is responsible? How do we set aside rules and regulations and live in a radicalized self-acceptance kind of way? And the the cycle is repeating itself, but because that line was broken, it seems like a conflict when in reality, it's simply generational flux and change. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because our family has older members in it. And they're like, what the fuck do you mean there's a rule around that? I wore my boots because they were hot. (laughs) I wore a cover because, goddamn, it was sexy. There wasn't all of the pomp and circumstance, though there was a place and time for pomp and circumstance and ritual Mm -hmm. and applying meaning to these things because they are powerful. We just Mm -hmm. we have to find a better balance between all or nothing because that doesn't serve anyone. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that part of what created that break in the chain, as you said, during the AIDS crisis in the 80s. And so that assimilation culture that started a couple of decades before that in the queer community didn't start, came to prominence in the um, queer community, where if you were not a cis, white, Republican, card-carrying, you know, nine-to-five working gay man, hell no, we're not even going to try and fight for you kind of thing. You have to assimilate mm-hmm. to something exactly. that's palatable for the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And so kink 
of did that too, where we became palatable for the mainstream, where mm-hmm. we have things like um, Secretary and Fifty Shades of Grey and even the Gore books coming out. And But they mm-hmm. are still so very cis and white and het. And it's just not what the truth is. And so people kind of are introduced into something that isn't the reality. And they have to mm-hmm. dig deeper to find that reality, to find yeah. the people that are more risk risky with their edge play and their edge dynamics and just not giving a fuck about assimilating. Yep. I think people have lost touch with that. There is a sales pitch that keeps mm-hmm. us safe from the outside world mm-hmm. and it has its function and it has its purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's also, you know, more to it than that. Yeah. And that it is not like that is not the depth of it. Like even safe, sane, consensual, right? That mm. was that uh, wasn't for the community. That was made for the outside world to not think we were all lunatics. It was a yep. fucking smokescreen. Yes. Yeah. But it has achieved this legendary status of like the end all be all. And even the people who wrote it were like, uh, y'all, that wasn't the point. Right. And I know that from I know that from truth because my uncle was one of the people who coined that with David Stein. So oh, it's just interesting. We've lost some yeah. of our history and it's muted the context of a lot of the things we use as language. Yeah. I totally agree. And like I, I just want to go back to the whole being palatable thing. How how did we get to that point? Uh I mean it's I know I know how we got to that point. Um <laughs> but well go ahead. It it has always like my slave was saying, it has always been there, but mm-hmm. it's also a matter of frankly things got more open and then you have more people engaging in kink in a more widespread way who are cis and het and and they don't like seeing the other side. Yeah. And so it's not just about being palatable to the outside, it's about being palatable to them. And Absolutely. when you have, you know, look across the country, the majority of people who own dungeons are cis het white men. I mean, yeah. when you think of that being the realistic expectation, of course, you're gonna have the you need to assimilate and need to look a certain way so that I don't have to look at your disgusting ass. And then you have people like us who come in who frankly are very queer, who are very protocol driven, who are mm-hmm. very direct and and like to play in very specific ways. It doesn't do good things for them. Yeah. You ask for nuance and they're just like, no, we don't do that here. <laughs> I think that this community mm-hmm. is overwhelmingly white. Um, and I think that bringing in the perspectives of indigenous and um, like just people of color in general uh, have opened up that variety and have opened. I don't know if variety is the right word to use there. Opened- well, I can say it's the it's the myth. It's the myth that everyone wants you to believe is that it's overwhelmingly white. It's just that they ain't fucking coming to the places where most of us go. Yeah. <laughs> For for just cause and just reason. Yeah. Yeah. Most of my friends are people of color who exist in the kink community who are also queer and who are in edge play dynamics. So just mm-hmm. for everyone to know, we do exist. We do. I promise. It's absolutely a myth that they don't. I can't tell you how many times we've been to an event where people are like, oh, we thought we were the only ones. And yes. it's because there is this... Uh, in the most blunt of terms, this whitewashing and this straightwashing, 
because they've had the most access to create positions of power. They have the resources okay. to open spaces. They have the resources to start events and control the culture they're in. Yeah. And that's not by default bad, but it is mm -hmm. single lens. And frankly, folks like us who step outside of those norms don't find them appealing. They don't find them something they want to engage in. Like, why would I want to go there? So they don't. And then it ends up back feeding into itself because if no one knows, then how can we know? But it is absolutely a myth that young people in particular don't want structured relationships, that they don't want power imbalances, yeah. that they don't want edgy relationships um, because they do and they are doing them. They mm -hmm. just are all being told that they're the only one. So they're quiet about it and they're right. trying to be palatable yeah. to fit in. And it's like the biggest disservice ever because there's so many people out there who want to do that and that they can't access quality education to do it in a best practices way because people are afraid to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And like we've even gotten criticized for our dynamic, like like our polycules dynamic, which to be truthful, isn't really that edgy. Um, I guess it's just like kind of queer, and then people are like, "Ew, gross, queer." Uh, if we're yeah. just over here, like, um, we're just being happy. I'm sorry that you have a problem. Right. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, for mm -hmm. real. Sorry, not sorry. Well, I have to say, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you both so much Same. for coming on and for uh, having this conversation with us. It has been very you are enlightening. So very welcome. I yes. love it Thank so much. Thank you for having us. Of course. Yes. We would love to have you back. Oh, yeah. If at any time you are free mm -hmm. to do so, I know you're probably a very busy human. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will try to be more vocal next time you come on because I was just absorbing everything and processing <laughs> everything. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a question to ask. And I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> Honestly, like they were, he was kind of sitting here just in awe because this is, <laughs> he is working towards, uh, I guess looking into master slave type stuff and hasn't Not, done that yet. So yeah, I need I need to do a lot more work on myself to begin with. Right. And I just we haven't really had much time to sit down and do that. But. Right. Now before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to um, like? Was there any questions that you feel like we didn't ask that you would have liked us to ask, or anything you wanted to talk about specifically this time around? No, I think we covered a lot of ground in every direction all at once. So. <laughs> yes. really so. a great combo what um, I can say is if you want to talk with us again if you wanted to dive deeper into what CNC looks like or what suffering looks like or what codependency looks like or behavior modification we can absolutely talk about those a little bit more in depth um, in the future as well yeah. yes go on so where can we find you on like social media do you have PayPal's or anything like that that anybody can donate to Yes. So we have a number of different accounts. We have a Facebook page for our actual relationship dynamic. And that is, you can find us on Facebook at Sir Luke and his Victor. And you can also find us on Instagram, Sir Luke underscore Victor, and also on FetLife, Mr. BB Wolf and underscore Victor. We also have our email address and we're also individually on Facebook. And then in addition to that, we have our pages for our venue that we are opening the index and we have a group on facebook we have a page on facebook we also have accounts on fetlife and on instagram so and all of those cross posted to each absolutely other. So and you'll be able to find them all and i will include all of those links down below yes. i've actually already got some already but 
So, um, for our audience reference, what state is the index going to be in? Florida. Florida. Central Florida. Okay. Cool. Wow. That's... Can I ask that you can tell me that this doesn't get put in the episode and I'm fine with that? Yeah. But I was curious, how has it been working on such a sex positive, queer positive thing in the state of Florida right now? You know what? It's been fucking great. Really? <laughs> That's amazing. To be blunt with you, to be blunt with you, zero issues whatsoever. No, uh, wow. are you are you fucking with me? Right I am now? being entirely. I am being one hundred percent serious with you. We have a that great lawyer. Good. We have great policies working in our favor. Sex is not one of the things people are concerned with down here. Wow. Right. It's wow. literally us being trans. It's mm-hmm. not the. It's not the venue. It's not that it's you know kink affiliated. It's not any of that. It's our all of our social struggles are literally to do with the fact that we're trans and the state does not like that. Um, but with the space and stuff itself, it's honestly been great. And it's our neighbors are on board and the people we're working with are on board and it's going to be a phenomenal thing. Um, When I said earlier that we intend to revolutionize what this type of venue can look like and what Mm -hmm. a space that engages with kink play as well as sex positivity and all of that, I meant it. We Mm -hmm. have so many things that we have put in place that are so far beyond what anything anywhere in the entire world offers we Mm -hmm. are so very fucking excited for it to open it's gonna be incredible i'm so excited for you and i'm excited to see how that goes i can give you like 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 some little teasers we're gonna have a fucking pool that has an acrylic (gasps) wall on it oh Oh my god we're gonna have two glory holes we're going to have an under a literal concrete room where you can do whatever the fuck you want we have a piece of dungeon furniture in every single bedroom, and we have two dungeon beds from the company Dungeon Beds. Nice. And the furniture that we got was from Fedora Fabrications. He makes incredible pieces of furniture that we got the mark. We got the Mark II Elite, which breaks down into a cross. It can be a sling. It can be a bench. It can oh, be any number of different types of pieces of furniture all in one. And they are sturdy as fuck, so anyone of any size can use them safely. Like, we are serious. It is incredible. Um, We are on combined, because it's next door to our house, combined, it's an acre of property that Uh, is on a lake. Oh, gosh. Sweetie, when can we go to work? I mean... As much as that sounds amazing and might actually get me into Florida to visit at some point... (laughs) I, I'm trans, babe. Follow our stuff. Yes, absolutely. We will be following your stuff. That sounds um, so incredible. What is cool about it is that even as trans people, I mean, we live here, obviously. Right. right. And what's cool about the space itself is that if you're coming for a private state, which is part of its purpose, mm-hmm. is that once you're here, it's pretty much got everything you could possibly want. And I can say with some certainty, given that I live here, that where we live is actually very safe. Um, mm-hmm. Our neighbors are wonderful. Our town is very accepting. Um, so it's, literally, so let me to get here. You're fine. It's and it's it's really funny, it's but on the ground as you would think, there are very extreme right. bubbles, and we are not in one of those extreme bubbles. You know what's funny sense. though is our county, and and I'll and I'll tell you this: our county is technically one of the most conservative counties in the state. Mm-hmm. But literally, ev- it's it's weird. Go figure. Because every time we go to any of the shops, or I'm a teacher, I'm a high school teacher, okay? By by my profession, I am a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. And literally, you go anywhere, 
And the people who are running the show down here are all queer young folks. Literally anywhere we go, we go to the pet store. It's my students who used to, who I used to teach, who are all queer. Go to Starbucks, it's all the queer kids. Go to Walmart, it's all the queer, like literally everyone here. It is definitely a very loud minority who's creating all of this kerfluffle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anything, it's that don't abandon us here. It's really oh, easy course. to say, oh, we should all pull out of Florida, but like think about Disney. Yeah. If they enjoy 80,000 people. I assure you, the vast majority of those people are in some form or flavor queer or young or of a demographic mm -hmm. that the current administration hates. And yeah. we can't give up this ground because if we give it up, it's just going to give them more power. And we are absolutely dedicated to sticking our feet down and putting down roots and being like, no, this is mm -hmm. my place and you can't have it. Right. And that's right. I'm not going to just walk away from it. And absolutely. not everyone can do that, but we absolutely mm -hmm. are going to keep our our ground and won't be walking away. Um, and we will have options for folks to want to support who want to support us, but don't feel safe mm -hmm. coming or can't mm -hmm. come. Um, and there will be all sorts of manners to make it work. We have lot, our contingency plans have contingency plans. That and sounds it's going to be awesome. Yes, I love that. So just while we're on the trans topic, um, how are you guys doing? Like as a T for T for couple in a very conservative state how are you guys doing overall fine it's exhausting i mean but that's part of their goal so there's that but i mm -hmm. will say if i wasn't in the profession i'm in we would mm -hmm. be absolutely 100 100 fine yeah it's i am has been tricky medical care has been tricky yeah medical but, care down yeah. here has been tricky but that's been for years that's an um, that's not a new thing that's a people are talking about it now thing. so i yeah. transitioned officially officially 13 years ago just about um i started my medical transition right it has been mm -hmm. a shit show since the beginning mm -hmm. um so as far back then to now so it's always been a problem yeah but uh, so that's an issue but as a high school teacher all of the laws that are coming out that really is frankly primarily what we're concerned about mm -hmm. uh, me being a trans teacher who is also queer um, mm -hmm. Thank God I am cis and het passing for the most part. Mm -hmm. Right. And one uh, of our biggest worries is, frankly, like, will it even be legal for him to be a teacher next year? Right. Given the yeah. censorship. And is right. him just existing there going to be legal? So that's our that's our big concern. Um, but frankly, if the index is as successful as we're hoping it is, it will allow us financial independence. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big part of why we're putting so much effort into it as well, because it is a security plan for us, too. Um, and if it does well, we'll be able to give back to many of our peer communities in profound ways. Mm -hmm. So we're actually going to be re-releasing -re the website very soon, um, which is going to have a lot more information about what our plans are. We have like a very it's like very rudimentary right now, but we've been working on filling it out and actually redesigning it for the past few weeks. So that's coming soon. Well, and I, I was just going to say, I think that as you kind of mentioned with what you were representing, with the people that are around you and how you felt in the state, I think a lot of it is the gerrymandering. So like, it's not oh, a representation of the people. It is mm -hmm. a representation no, of people in power, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely the case. It while I want people to take seriously what's happening and I want people to advocate against it mm -hmm. and have very firm positions about it, generally speaking, we have been fortunate enough to not 
have as many problems as people might think. Like, it's not like we can't go to the grocery store because there's a guy with a swastika hanging out in the front of the grocery store. Um, right. They are around. Thankfully. I mean, they are, there are places that have like Trump shrines not far from us. And I don't exaggerate that. Um, but the yeah. day-to-day life, like we have a wonderful relationship with our neighbors and in our neighborhood and when we go places and it is literally on the ground. It is a very small, very loud minority of people right. who have these awful views. And that is a part of why we advocate so strongly that we can't give up because if we do, they'll just take it. They will gladly seize whatever they can take. And I don't want to hand it to them. They're going to mm-hmm. have to come and they're going to have to do the things to get me out of my home. Exactly. And right. I stand very strongly in that. Yeah. Come and take it, but leftist version. <laughs> right? Um <laughs> Except for it's with hormones. Um, <laughs> so I live in Oklahoma, as we all know. Uh, I am an indigenous, queer, two-spirit person who lives in Oklahoma. Um, I live in Delaware Nation, Delaware slash Cato Nation. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm so happy that I have tribal health care. Because if I didn't, mm-hmm. I would be in such terrible, terrible water right now. Because... Mm-hmm of like so many things and like like you said like you can't it's not like you can't go into the grocery store because there's a guy with a swastika outside that is what i live though like that's Mm -hmm. my reality Mm -hmm. and like i think that people sometimes downplay it not that you were Mm -hmm. but no but people do they absolutely do yeah but in florida it's it's obviously not as terrible as it is in other states like texas and oklahoma Mm -hmm. and tennessee um, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we have a school shooting nearly every fucking yes. day here. So right. yes. <laughs> I, I think what they're referring to is the optics of it. You know, yeah, realistically, right. we are yeah. still 50 percent or higher of queer and safe yes, we are. population. Yes, we are. Or in some of these other populaces, that is not the case. Yeah. Right. Or there is an yeah. overwhelming majority of voices that are hateful and mm-hmm. damaging That's and right. dangerous. Um, I mean... And it's funny that people are focusing on Florida and that in and of itself is misguided. Florida is mm-hmm. being very loud, but frankly, I'd rather something be loud than be quiet and much more volatile and, and dangerous. insidious. And insidious. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, Daddy, would you please lead us out with a daddy joke? Yeah. So, guess what the dominatrix said to the masochist? Mm, I don't know what. You'll kick yourself when I tell you. <laughs>